Welcome to Freelance with Freedom. I'm your host, Harriet Hadfield, and I'm so excited you're here. I help creative freelancers become fully booked and in demand in any market, on their terms and without burning out. I went from broke makeup artist living in a room I couldn't stand up in, living paycheck to paycheck, to working on the red carpets of LA as a celebrity makeup artist. I also created a six-figure business during a global pandemic in less than seven months. After working around the world and on set as a celebrity makeup artist 15 plus year, I was tired, tired of the hustle culture and an emphasis on being busy. I was tired of the starving artist mentality and buying into the narrative, there's only one way to be successful. So I decided to create my own version of success, to break the rules and rewrite my own. And I wanna show you how to do the same. If you're a freelance creative and you want to generate consistent income, work with your dream clients, and step into the CEO role in your business, you're in the right place. There's room for you at this table. Welcome back to a new episode of Freelance for Freedom podcast. I'm so excited you're here today. So before we get started, I wanted to let you know I have an incredible free training for you, how to book celebrity clients and double your bookings in any market. And like I said, I made this especially for you. In this free training, you're going to learn, first of all, how I book my first celebrity client without an agent, without a million followers on Instagram, and without any existing contacts. I'll show you the real behind the scenes of what I did and how I did it. I'm also going to show you my three-step process to book celebrity clients so that you can do it too. I'll lay out the steps so you know what you need to do next and what the process actually looks like. And then last but not least, you're going to learn how to double your existing clients with the clients you actually want. I'll show you how to multiply your bookings with the clients on your vision boards, the ones that you dream of working with. So I'm going to link the free training in the show notes for you to check out as soon as you finish this episode. And there's also an extra special bonus waiting for you inside the training. Enjoy. Step one, the first thing you need to do if you want to be a make artist in 2024 is test. Testing is not dead, okay? Testing is simply where you collaborate with other creatives. So let's say you're a makeup artist, you'd want to find a photographer, maybe a hairstylist and a model, perhaps a stylist too, and you want to build images that you can use in your portfolio. Now with testing, no one gets paid, but you all get to use the images in order to build your book and show potential clients what you can do. And when it comes to testing, I think the biggest misconception with testing is that it's just a place to wing it or be creative. No, my belief is strategic testing and that is something I teach my clients. So strategic testing looks like creating with a specific client in mind. So let's say you want to book Vogue. You should be trying to curate shoots that have the same feel, the same pull towards that kind of clientele. And again, I think a lot of people when they test will have a certain market in mind, so maybe editorial, commercial, but I want you to go a step further and decide if someone was going to book you from these images, who in particular would they be? So if it's a magazine, which magazine in particular? If it's a celebrity, which celebrity in particular would you want to see these images and have your work speak to them? And I will say that even at the height of my career, I still prioritized it testing. Okay, not as much as I did at the beginning, but testing was a way for me to always take control of the direction my career was going in. So especially the times I decided, 
I want to book Glossier, I want to book Honest Beauty. I curated images and created shoots that I had those clients in mind when I made them. That meant my portfolio grew much faster and the quality that was in my book was speaking to the very clients I wanted to book me. So I'm going to be doing a separate video on strategic testing in the coming weeks, but I want you to know when you know how to test strategically, which is exactly what I teach my clients, it will translate into paid bookings. You know you are testing strategically when the things that you create show up on the mood boards of your potential clients. When people are talking about your work, they're referencing it and it is translating into bookings. Okay, so step two is you need contacts, or as I like to think of it, a network and a community, both of which can come from in real life and online. That's the best thing about 2024. And the best news about 2024 is you don't need a Kardashian and you don't need a parent who works at Vogue in order to build a network of like-minded creatives. But you will need to know how to network authentically. And that is something I believe every creative needs to know. So for example, if you want to work with celebrities, you would need to know the publicist contacts of who works with that particular artist you would want to work with. The publicists are the people who book celebrities. Likewise, if you were wanting to work with, let's say, an advertising client or a beauty brand, you would need to know who is doing the production or who is the in-house studio manager. So understanding first of all, like who are the people you need to find in order to get the right contact, that's step one. Step two is building a network. And the way I think about building a network is you need to tell people you are a makeup artist. So step two, if you don't do anything else, tell a hundred people you are a makeup artist and tell every single one of them to tell someone they know. I think we forget so quickly that just by making sure people know what we do, we significantly increase the chance of getting booked. When I was first starting out, anyone I met, I made sure that I told them what I did, I talked about my style, and back then I was giving out business cards, but now I would make sure they knew to follow me on Instagram or give them a link to my website. So even if you are a bridal artist and you have no interest in booking celebrities or global brands, it's still gonna help for you to be building a network of people in order for them to refer you. Do the local wedding vendors know who you are? Do the locations for the weddings? know who you are. You should still be building your network because a lot of your jobs are going to come from the people you meet and introduce yourself to. So step three, when it comes to being a makeup artist in 2024, you need an online presence. Now, before you hit pause and you check out this video, hear me out. I'm not talking about needing millions of followers. I'm not talking about having to have like jazz hands on social media and be someone that doesn't feel authentic to you. No, an online presence, again, is another extension of just making sure people can find you. The goal is that your ideal clients find you with ease. And the way I like to think about an online presence is you need a platform, just one, to show your work, but you also need a place to show the artist behind the work. Again, I think a lot of artists are mystified when they don't get bookings, but their work is of a high quality. And I'm like, yes, but think about being a makeup artist. We're in someone's personal space. There is an intimacy that if you don't have any understanding of like who that person is, it makes it very hard to feel like you would want them in your personal space. Even if there were 10 amazing makeup artists in a room, it helps for people to know 
who are you <laughs> outside of your art? Like who is the artist behind the art can only ever be a good thing. This isn't about being someone you're not. It's not about having to be overly smiley and over the top online. So you just need one social media platform to showcase your work on. Again, I believe that we have a very visual creative field. So it makes sense that you can put your work somewhere that is visual like Instagram or TikTok. I always say to my clients, like if you love going to Ayanapa and Ibiza, show that, like let people know because you're probably gonna attract more clients who also wanna travel with you and go clubbing at the end of the night. If you are someone who loves reading and maybe you're more introverted or more shy, where can you still bring in your passions and the, the artist behind the work to align you with the perfect clientele? And within this, I'm gonna add, start posting all the things that are in your photo album that you keep saving for a rainy day. Like I would put money on it. You have so much BTS content right now that could be getting you bookings. Start speaking to your community, ask them questions. What do they wanna know from you as the expert? Where can you be of service? because that is something that not only our clients looking at, but the brands are also looking at. So when it comes to things like maybe sponsorship down the line, or you building your own brand one day, you want to start thinking of your network as an extension of just your client base. And in addition to that, your audience too. The other thing that's important to remember when it comes to building an online presence is it's a way for you to show repetition and consistency within your work as an artist. So again, if you are an artist who loves glam makeup, you want to make sure your feed consists of that work. You want to make sure you are showcasing that style continuously and showing your unique take on it. When it comes to an online, building an online presence, there's a branding element that's gonna help you market not just what you want today, but 10 years from now, it's all adding up to the same bigger goal. And from my own experience, that's exactly what I found to be true. So when I first started my YouTube channel and my Instagram in the early days, it was a way for me to create content that helped attract the likes of the Glossiers, the Sunday Rileys, the Vogue magazines, the Marie Claire's. I was able to use my online presence as a way to speak to the very brands I wanted to attract through the repetition in my content, through showcasing my expertise and my unique point of view within my creative niche. So it goes without saying, you should be shouting your talents from the rooftop. And if you're not, it's time to stop playing small. Okay, step four is pitching. Now I teach a process and a framework to my clients called the pitch procedure, where I show them how to put themselves forward for opportunities and to double their bookings. So when it comes to being a makeup artist in 2024, I think one of the biggest myths we have to shake off is this idea that you're going to only grow from word of mouth or people referring a job to you. No, you can create incredible opportunities for yourself. Ask me how I know, because I've done it and my clients are doing it. Again, with less than a thousand followers, living in Atlanta, living in Berlin, living in really small towns and countries where they were told they couldn't be successful as creatives. But pitching, again, it's a way for you to put yourself forward. And it's a little bit like taking your portfolio and what you do best and laying it out for a client in a way that is a presentation dedicated to them. When I was starting out as a makeup artist, while everyone else was telling me, oh, you just need an agent to get in with big clients, you need someone to take a chance on you or put you forward for something, I decided I would take the bull by the horns and put myself forward for things using what I now teach my pitch procedure. More on that in a later video. 
So pitching means you can put yourself forward for any opportunity you want by sending examples of your work with a pitch deck that is laid out specifically to the client you want to book or work with that is tailored to them. And that is the key. A pitch is tailored to the client. It's not a generic document you send out to everyone or like a comp card. It is something you make specifically for that client. Okay, step five, you need to know how to set your rates and negotiate. Now it goes without saying, there are some creative freelancers who won't necessarily need to negotiate. For example, if you're a bridal makeup artist, your rates probably are your rates. However, if you are a makeup artist working with say celebrity, maybe production or advertising, there will be times when you'll need to negotiate your rate and you need to know the skills to do that. So when it comes to considerations for setting your rate, there are four things you want to think about. So first of all is the market average. So think about the town you're in. What are other people charging? What is the going rate for where you are, for where you are right now? Second thing is your expenses. You wanna make sure you are making a profit. So take into consideration how much you're going to have to charge for travel or how long it's gonna take you to get to certain jobs. And again, these can be things that you have as an add-on part of your rate. So you can even have a base rate and then include add-ons for things like travel. The next one you wanna think about when setting your rate is your experience. Now there's a caveat to this. My belief when it comes to setting your rates or negotiations, it really comes down to over all the top of these things is what can you energetically get behind? So there's no point charging a higher rate if you can't get behind that rate. If you feel a lot of anxiety asking for a certain amount, it's better to start at a lower amount and let your nervous system catch up to feeling like, yes, I know I can get that rate really comfortably now. And when it comes to increasing a rate, my belief is you increase your rate with the demand you have. So as your demand increases, you increase your rate. And the fourth thing you want to think about is your unique selling point, otherwise known as a USP. What is it about your service that makes what you do maybe unique to your area or in your market that again you feel inclined to charge a certain amount because of this particular USP? And when it comes to negotiating my advice is always if you don't ask you don't get. You can decide that the client's going to lead or you can show authority and ask questions and that's really one of the most important things when it comes to negotiating is making sure you have all the information you need to feel good about the rate you are getting. So if you say yes, and then later find out there's 10 times the amount of talent you thought there were gonna be, or you're gonna be working double the amount of time that you originally thought, that rate may not seem as good as it did at the beginning. You wanna make sure that you know, first of all, what is the lowest you are willing to work for, and what are all the questions you would need answers to in order to feel good about the rate that gets negotiated or put forward. So I plan on doing a future video in more in depth on negotiating as well. So stay tuned for that and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss that. Thank you so much for listening to Freelance with Freedom. I'd love to continue this conversation over on Instagram. So come hang out with me at Freelance with Freedom. You can follow me there for mini trainings that include mindset and strategy to help you step into the CEO role in your business. And if you're interested in taking this work further, head to www.harrietadfield.com to find out more about working together. I'm wishing you an incredible week and I can't wait to see you in the next one.